If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. You're listening to Boomers Today with your host, Frank Sampson. Well, welcome to Boomers Today. I'm your host, Frank Sampson. Of course, each week we bring you important and very useful information on issues facing baby boomers, their parents, and other loved ones. And I can't thank all of you enough for all your support. Our listeners grow organically each and every day. And it's because of you, you know, sharing particular podcasts or our entire show with friends and family. And uh, I know many of you listen to the show on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. And uh, we're on pretty much, uh, we're on them all. Or many of you go to our website at boomerstodayradio.com. So again, thank you so much for all your support. I know why uh, we're getting more and more listeners because we have uh, Great guests and uh, great information. I'm not going to disappoint you today. We have with us Josh Sapan, who is the former president and chief executive officer of AMC Networks, where since 1987, he oversaw the creation and growth of entertainment brands, including AMC, BBC, America, IFC, and Sundance TV, and signature series, including Mad Men, Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead, and Killing Eve. Sapan also oversaw the creation of the film production and distribution company IFC Films, as well as AMC Studios and AMC Networks International. Now, after 35 years with AMC Networks, 25 as CEO and currently Executive Vice Chairman, Sapan is embarking on a third act of his own, one sure to entail moves in more creative avenues. Josh has uh, authored his new book called The Third Act, Reinventing Your Next Chapter. Josh, thank you so much for joining us on Boomers today. I really appreciate it. Hey, Frank, thanks so much for having me and thanks for your very kind introduction. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty exciting to ha have you on. You know, I'm, I'm of that age group too that, you know, we're friends that are retiring or thinking about retiring and going, I don't know, I'm not retiring. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, you know, all of that. And so you, you, you kind of have been working on an inspiring new trend away from maybe traditional retirement uh, in favor of maybe pursuing new careers and fulfilling, you know, certain passions. Uh, so, you know, we're going to talk about your book in a little bit, but uh, I just sure. love to hear, love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, well, you know, it's it, it also ties together. You you mentioned uh, what people are doing who are uh, nearing or at retirement age, and what what caused me to want to write the book, uh, and I began several years ago, was an, my observation of friends and colleagues as they reached the time when, in the media business, particularly where I knew them professionally, they were sort of ending their careers, and I observed some having uh, really a happy and dynamic third act and some being frankly a little bewildered about what to do with themselves. And uh, in most cases, they had the privilege of not needing to you know, actively bring in income urgently. 
And it became of interest to me for selfish reasons, because I said, what will I do in four years or so? And I began to, I didn't make a study of it, but I observed what people did and then ca- and came upon what, I don't know if there's a proper uh, phrase for it, but people who, who did things that were dynamic after they did what they did. And hence the, the word, third, the term third act, and hence the book. And I observed that people took many avenues, many of them inspiring. That's that's great. So the uh, can we, you mind talking about yourself and 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 have you, you're kind of experiencing that yourself and and that third act? Yeah, well, that's, that's the funny the funny part of or the odd timing is I though I began this because book writing at least for me takes years. Um, uh, it was prospective. It was sort of long in the future. And and then the timing worked such that the book, uh, I guess, was published just a few weeks ago. And my final exit from AMC Networks as executive vice chair will be December 31st. And from when we're speaking right now, uh, you know, several days. So the timing is is coincidental in its specific, but not in general. And so uh, the odd thing that occurs to me is what am I doing about my own third act? Well, I wrote a book about what to do, which doesn't quite solve the issue. Um, But I have begun to undertake um, a number of activities, I guess not any one, Frank, that I think are worthy and important uh, to me with a little bit more liberty in my schedule and so I will make independent films, uh, which are near and dear to my heart. They were part of my career. I have an arrangement to do that and uh, set up a small company to do it. And then I'd never really volunteered. <clears throat> and uh, I began uh, thinking, oh, gee, I'll volunteer driving an ambulance. And I <laughs> could drive the ambulance, uh, but I, I couldn't operate three radios uh, that they were that was required to do at the same time the tech was well beyond me uh and then as a friend said uh you'll be the only person driving an ambulance who says uh can you keep it quiet back there i'm taking a phone call so uh you know i thought maybe that's not for me and i began to volunteer at this wonderful place called the fortune society in the new york area uh which uh friends told me about and i was not that aware of and it's set up, it's been in existence for decades, and it helps people who've been imprisoned and are recently released um, adjust to not being in prison. And part of that is that they provide residential facilities for a time. And I've been doing, I guess, what what could be called career coaching. Um, And that's a new experience for me. And it's been, I hope, good some of the people who are I've been spending time with, but it's been, I, I know it sounds trite, but very rewarding for me to be with people who I wouldn't otherwise be around and socializing with and hanging out with and trying to provide some bit of guidance for. Yeah. So what advice do you have for those that are listening to this and they may be moving into that uh, next phase of their life as we call the third, the third act, what just advice do you have? I mean, I, I, I have known people who just are burnt. They're just burnt out. They, they don't enjoy getting up and 
you know, d- doing their work anymore. And they just can't wait for that day. And they just really didn't have a plan. And then they stopped working and they were, you know, having a great time for a while. And then, you know, b- the whole boredom set in, you know, and uh, that's not good either. So, I mean, just what, what advice do you have for someone who's approaching that period of time in their life? Well, you know, I, I really should say that, um, um, you know, we had spoken and the, the forward of the book is written by someone who's an expert and could answer the question you just asked with true authority. His name is Ken Dykewald, and he's written right. 18 books on the subject and had PBS specials, and and he is a true expert. So my advice, I should caveat it, is the advice of a lay person with no real training or authority and uh, and is undergoing it myself. So just call it the guy who's sitting next to you on the bench. Um, mm-hmm. And what I would, what I think I've observed and found true for myself is that um, being wandering around is not agreeable to me. And free time, meaning, uh, oh, gee, I got nothing. How good is that? Is not up my alley. And that there are a number of things that. I've been curious about and or in some cases passionate about that I began to experiment with and found them in this early stage surprisingly rewarding. So I guess if I were to give counsel, it it might be to think about and then not think too long, just begin to try maybe with one's toe if one has an inclination to do volunteer here or try that or start a new business or do that to give it a whirl, that would be my best counsel would be to, to do that, to act on it. Right. And, you know, and uh, you know, the, uh, we spoke a little bit uh, before we started this podcast, and as you know, I'm in the senior care business and do a lot of work with families with dementia and all that. And, and there's all sorts of statistics is to keep that mind sharp is to do, you know, to do things that don't come, uh, as easy, you know, and and, and you're going to have to work at it and make that mind work. And, you know, I know that, uh, I could tell you when, it comes time for me. I'm not ready for it yet, but when I'm able to take, take it a little slower, um, I want to learn. I don't play an instrument. I never, mm-hmm. le- I never learned an instrument growing up. You know, my, uh, I think my parents wanted me to, but I was a jock and I, you know, go play sports instead of doing that. But now I, I, I kind of wish I did. And, and, you know, or new learning, I, I have a friend of mine who, uh, was retired and went to uh, Spain to learn Spanish, and he's almost eighty years old. You know, and wow, wow! I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was fantastic. fantastic. So I mean, wouldn't you, I mean? I'm just throwing things out that I, you know, yeah, yeah. But it's, but it's still, you well, know, you know, maybe, maybe doing things you're not as not that as comfortable with. You know, don't do necessarily the exact same things you've done your entire life because you're you know how to do all that. You know, try something. Yeah, you know, else. I, I'm. Yeah, you know, I think that's right. I, you know, there. Well, I'll mention a few people in the book because we did do research, yeah, right, right, um, on people who I whose stories I found remarkable, and uh, 
this this is not, of course, for people who are compromised in any way. But there are three who just did different gigs. You know, there's a woman who worked in corporate America, but always wanted to travel. And at age mid 50s, she became a flight attendant. Uh, that's a career change. There's another person, a woman who also a corporate type job and actually had been in a fire as a kid. It, it never left her and she became a firefighter. And then a guy who, you know, was a, another type corporate type and he became a park ranger. And then another guy who was in, at 70, he worked in it and he loved music and he became a DJ and he's extraordinarily successful and has a big following in Brooklyn among, you know, 20 somethings. So, and they all discovered it a bit, I think, well, they had intention, but like the DJ, he didn't know how it would work. It just took on a head of steam. So those are people who just had, you might call them fantasy career or job aspirations. There, there are other people in the book. I just love their stories. A woman who worked at a telephone company, a wireless company, um, and she's from the Bronx. And she just, there was a big article on her, opened the Bronx Children's Museum here in New York in a neighborhood that could well use a children's museum. And she used her skills gained in her professional career to do something I think that was more rewarding than anything she's ever done. So those are just a few of the people who I think are interesting and, and slightly inspiring. And I can go on and on, but I don't want to burn up your time or anyone's Oh, no, that's time very, very interesting. So I, what I'm curious about is uh, how'd you find these, you know, the various people? I mean, I, uh, you know, you, you come from the entertainment industry and I'm sure you maybe I, I'm making an assumption here. I, I haven't read your book. I look forward to reading it. So I'll admit I haven't read it yet, but uh, the, the, you know, so maybe you've interviewed people within the entertainment field, people you've had contacts with, but how did you get out? How did you reach the people who maybe you didn't have any previous uh, contacts with in, in your past? Yeah, you know, so so I was uh, I was able to get uh, people who are no, no household names like Robert Redford uh, and Norman Lear um, because I knew them through my work and they are by the way shining examples because robert redford was a painter initially early in his life and then an actor and then the first movie he directed was ordinary people uh and then became a very early environmentalist and norman lear just turned a hundred and is still wildly active both in social justice movements, which he created something called people for the American way and still in television. So, so I had access to those people, the ones that you, the, the, the ones that I didn't know, we did research. I hired a young woman to help me a friend of my daughter, and she's a school teacher. And we together looked for stories, some of which I came across many of which she did. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a guy who, he there had been an article on him somewhere or media coverage, I think on a podcast actually. His name is Carl Butts, and he. Uh, so part of it was media coverage. He he um, had lost his wife uh, 
somewhat surprisingly, I think, near the er, bit early part of their retirement and was bereft. And he purchased the smallest circulation newspaper in America and now is uh, he's not William Randolph Hearst, but he's a publisher. And uh, so I found them through research is the short answer. Yeah, that's great. Very, very interesting. So, Josh, we're going to take a real quick break. I promise just about 30 seconds just to recognize great. our sponsor. When we come back, I, you know, I want to learn, you know, let people know how they could get, you know, your book and talk a little bit more about that. And and just maybe some some interesting stories we'll talk about when we come back. OK. Uh, yeah. So. Do you know anybody who may be concerned about an older driver? Well, Senior Care Authority's Beyond Driving with Dignity program is a facilitated self-assessment program for older drivers. This program has been designed to serve as a vital tool to facilitate older drivers and their families as they make the appropriate decision regarding the future of one's safe driving career. If the individual is a safe driver, an advisor will provide him or her with strategies on how to remain a safe driver as they progress through the aging process. If driving retirement is the appropriate decision, then the individual and their family are offered possible alternatives, resources, and a specific plan to ensure a smooth and successful transition from the driver's seat to the passenger seat. So to learn more, go to www.beyond drivingwithdignity.com, or you could call 877-907-8841 to connect with a senior care authority advisor in your area. We're back with Josh uh, Sapan, who is the former president and chief executive officer of AMC Networks, and has also written a book called The Third Act, Reinventing Your Next Chapter. So uh, Josh, uh, why don't you just uh, commercial time for you? Tell people how they could get your book. You know, I think it's great. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out and get it. So I look forward to reading it. But uh, go ahead. Tell uh, people how they could oh. get it and anything else you'd like to share. Oh, sure. Well, thank you for asking. So it's uh, it's published by Princeton Architectural Press, and it's available on their website. Uh, and it is available on Amazon. And it is in uh, many bookstores across the country. Um, uh, Barnes and Noble just reordered it, I happen to notice. And so it's in Barnes and Noble stores and it's in many, but not all uh, independent bookstores across the country. Um, and it is, uh, as you mentioned, the name of it is Third Act. And my name is Josh, S-A-P-A-N, and that will be the information one needs to identify the book. So that's, great. that's, that's the commercial. Great. Great. And, um, you're, uh, for those that are listening, uh, you're open to maybe speaking engagements and things like that as well. And how, would they be able to uh, reach you and what would be the best way to reach you if they were interested in uh, talking about that? Yeah, sure. So I, you know, I'm new to all this after, as you mentioned in the opening, my 35 years, 36 years at, the same company and then 48 and working in media and my email address is uh, josh sapan at gmail.com mm -hmm. uh, so that's pretty straightforward great and Good. um uh, usually i can't close my mouth so i'm quite open to uh, <laughs> to finding any legitimate place to keep it open great great so in your research and talking to so many people do you feel and just 
your, your experience and maybe dealing with your own family's situation or, or, you know, just what retirement used to be, you know, with, with our parents and grandparents and versus what retirement is going to look like in the month, you know, in the years ahead, is there a huge difference? Have you noticed a big, big difference with that? Well, you know, again, I really would would uh, not false humility. I'm really not a gerontologist or an expert, but there are a few things I think that you probably know well. The uh, but for a couple of anomalies recently, uh, the average life expectancy has been increasing in America on a steady basis. But for these anomalies uh, of the last few years, unfortunately, COVID and and uh, pain medications. But but for those which are uh, causing, of course, that's life expectancy has been increasing dramatically, really over the past uh, decades by 20 years. So people are living longer, and uh, and healthcare is better. And depending upon one me- one's means, that the, the conclusion is, I think that for many many people, and there will be over 70 million people of an age where they're not hopefully only sitting in front of a TV uh, after their careers, they can do uh, a zillion different things, an hour a day, 10 hours a day, 50 hours a week. And that's a cool thing. They'll have their bodies and their minds. And, and, uh, and even if they're not cooperating entirely, they're still immensely capable of thrilling themselves and, you know, helping others and having great it, new sorts of adventures. And so it's a, I think it is, a, it is a phenomenon of our time apart from me, apart from the book. And so it's something to, I think, behold. Right. So the people that you uh, interviewed in your book, May, if you could, don't mind, I want you to give it all away. We want people to go out and get the book, but uh, no, yeah, yeah, but um you know, is there maybe a couple people that just really inspired you and just kind of blew you away and, and kind of what they're doing and anything that you could share uh, for? Our, yeah, for you know, our there's listeners? really, you know, there's almost too many to name. You know, there's a, a woman named Ida Keeling who uh, at, r- ran a marathon at 100 years of age after uh having a whole series of challenges in her life. Um, there is a guy who was, um, he was a black Panther early in his life. He was in prison. He got advanced degrees and he has acting. Uh, he's an acting teacher. There was an NBA ref. Uh, you said you were a jock who mm-hmm. was, um, you know, he was sort of a tough NBA ref and he went into the clergy so, you know, I just find them all, honestly, those and, and so many more. I don't want to ramble on too long. You know, awesome in a word. A guy who was a telephone repairman and uh, became a shoe designer. And sort of my jaw drops at that when I think that living within a human who seem, can be identified by what they do is a whole other human, a whole other life and a whole other set of dreams and capabilities that then become manifest. And it feels to me, you know, almost as magical 
as the magic one sees on a movie screen when someone transforms. And I just find it a, a thing to behold and wonderful. And I think it's resident in really millions or tens of millions of Americans, that possibility. And it's it's quite exciting to contemplate it. You know, I was uh, uh, with a buddy of mine. We were watching a football game. He's an attorney. And we're watching the game. And he says, see that ref right there and on TV? And I said, yeah, I see the ref. He says, I, I know him. He's a big attorney. I went, what? <laughs> really? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's a big attorney. Always was interested in football. He used to play football. And he decided... He still is practicing, but his plan is, you know, once he retires, he's going to be, uh, and he's, he's, I guess, just works weekends as a professional football ref. Just blew oh me God, away. God, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. That's actually sort of mind-blowing. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot of, lot of crazy stories. I mean, not crazy. I think it's wonderful. I think it's well, wonderful. There's a guy in the book. There's the, it's a multi-part story. There's many chapters, but... He is, if I have it straight, a bankruptcy attorney and also a lifeguard on the beach in his mid-late 60s. Uh, and there's a great uh, second chapter because they, uh, I hope I have this straight, uh, in order to re-qualify for being a lifeguard, they required that he take the test in a Speedo bathing suit. And he litigated <laughs> Uh, because he didn't want to take the test in a speedo and he won the litigation. So he's not only bankruptcy attorney lifeguard in his mid or late sixties, he's also using the courts to uh, create a version of what he sees as justice in the lifeguard system. Yeah. That's well, well, uh, you know, we just have a couple minutes left, maybe, you know, just because of your background, uh, your field, that you've been in for your entire career has changed dramatically, right? I mean, there's a lot, a lot of changes going on with, uh, you know, just with streaming and all that. Sure. Hey, I, if you want, if you don't, I'm fine. But uh, any any insight onto where you see things going with all the, you know, streaming? Is it a good thing? Is it not a good thing for the industry? Well, you know, it, you know, it, it's a there's a multi-part answer um, as it relates to the business of it. Um, but one impact of it, which I think most people observe is that <clears throat> when you and I were growing up, uh, my mother would try and get me not to watch television because she thought it was, she would say, quote, I'm going to throw that idiot box out the window. Right. And right. that was, that was a refrain I heard a lot. And, I certainly think that today, when one goes to streaming services, all of which we know the names of, one can find storytelling and and television series and limited series and movies that are uh, they they're on the spectrum from truly high art almost to wonderful and to work that is as good as you know I think the greatest writers living can put into novels and maybe in some cases have ever written. So I think the proliferation of streaming, the consequence for consumers is killer great stuff to watch on television. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, what effect is that going to have on the, uh, the, the traditional movie theaters, do you think? Uh, 
Well, you know, that's a big, big question, and I, I'm not sure I know the answer. There's been much discussion of, and it was confused by COVID about box office receipts and whether movies go straight to streaming or whether they are, are and or should be released in movies. I happen to be a huge fan of movie theaters. And if there's a movie that I think is, this is a personal answer, use a fancy word, cinematic, um, I will go to the movie theater uh, to watch it um, because I want to see it on the big screen. I would agree um, with you. I and, agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I just took my uh, grandkids to uh, a movie, and you know we, we watch TV with them. But when you go to that movie theater, that big screen and the wonderful sound—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, you know, it's a, I'm a monster fan of it. I could go on and on and on. There's a there's a small Italian film called Cinema Paradiso that is about uh, a movie theater that's set up in in a small town in Italy and one hears in that era the sound of the projectors clicking and the lights dim. And today, of course, it's a different experience, but I find it to be uh, something close to Rhapsody. And so I've been in the movie theater very recently, uh, actually probably 10 times in the last uh, 10 weeks, which is a lot. Uh, I love it. Yeah, great. Well, Josh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Hey, everybody, you got to check it out. The third act, reinventing your next chapter. Uh, Josh Sapan, thank you so much for joining us on Boomers today. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and everybody be safe out there. Talk to everybody next week. You've been listening to Boomers Today with Frank Sampson. To learn more about today's show, visit boomerstodayradio.com and join us next time for another edition of Boomers Today.